0: Welcome to the wild soul cast. I'm your host, Anna Kinkela. This is a sacred space where we hold deep conversations on spirituality, conscious leadership, feminism, creativity, and how to more meaningfully and intentionally nurture connection within ourselves and with others. Welcome to episode 13 of the Wild Soulcast. This is your host, Anna Kinkela, and I'm really excited to be talking to you about shadow work today. I've mentioned shadow work many times during the course of this podcast, but I haven't actually done an episode on it in and of itself, and I think it's so important for us to really dive into this topic so you know what it is. Um, I think that there's lots of misconceptions out there about what it means to do shadow work, what it really is, and how it actually helps you to transform and integrate. And so I want to spend today's episode really diving into what shadow work is, what it's about, how it helps and why I think it's important for each person to do their own shadow work, how this really also is super important for entrepreneurship. So let's begin. I love the name that shadow work has because the shadow is such a beautiful metaphor for explaining exactly what we're doing when we're doing shadow work. And so if you think of a shadow, it's a reflection of you in some shape or form. And it's only visible when the light is shining on you, right? But the shadow, regardless of whether the light is shining on you or not, is still present. And it actually makes me think of You know, if you've ever seen Peter Pan and how he's chasing his shadow and how this shadow part of him is almost like a separate character from Peter Pan himself. And the shadow has a little bit of an attitude, right? Um, You can see that in the cartoon at least. And so this metaphor for the work that we are doing when we do shadow work is so beautifully represented by the shadow. It's always there. You can't necessarily always see it unless the light is shining on you. And when the light shines on you, you see this reflection of yourself. And it's not a completely accurate reflection of you, right? It's kind of contorted depending how the light is shining on your body. But nevertheless, it is this reflection of you in some shape or form. The shadow part of you is not who you are. And that's really important to remember because sometimes I see people over identifying with their shadow parts and really getting attached to the dark places within themselves. And then that's how they tend to see themselves in the world. Like they're broken or that, They'll never be fully whole or they just tend to immerse themselves in their darker qualities, which really prevents them from seeking their light, seeing their light, experiencing their light, embodying their light, right? And so when we talk about shadow, I want to make it clear that you are not your shadow. This is not who you are. This is a reflection of a part of you that's playing out underneath the surface of your conscious mind. And it goes back to your experiences. It goes back to oftentimes, sometimes past lives or even family history that's happened in the past. But it is not who you are. It's not your essence. So whenever we're doing shadow work, we're talking about it. It's really important that you're not dunking or immersing yourself in the shadow, but allowing yourself to dip a toe into the shadow while still keeping another toe, another foot in the light. The shadow is the unconscious realm. And I want to take a moment to really explain this because a lot of people talk about the unconscious realm, but not everyone necessarily knows what it is, right? So to me, I, I usually kind of explain this visually because I'm a visual learner. And so I want you to just imagine a circle, a big circle, that represents the collective unconscious, right? So that's the universal consciousness that we are all a part of. And then within that circle, I want you to imagine another circle, which represents your individual unconscious mind. And then with that circle, imagine another smaller circle within the unconscious mind that represents your conscious mind. So you essentially have three circles altogether. And two of those circles are within the universal consciousness. And The first one is the unconscious mind, and the second one, the smallest circle, is your conscious mind. Your conscious mind is such a small portion of who you are, and because the conscious mind is situated within these other two circles, it really reflects this peace surrounding you know, what's showing up in your conscious mind and how you are acting and behaving is a reflection of what is happening in the unconscious. So you can think of an iceberg even, and the part of the iceberg that you see is the conscious mind. And what's underneath the water is the unconscious that's really shaping what's at the surface. So, shadow work represents what is underneath the surface, what is underneath the iceberg. And more specifically, when I talk about what parts of the unconscious, they're really the parts of the unconscious that we turn away from, that we reject about ourselves, that we ignore. So, any part of you that your conscious mind doesn't feel like aligns with who you are projecting yourself to be out in the world or who you think you have to be out in the world gets disowned, gets shunned away, and it becomes part of your shadow. Typically, when it comes to shadow parts, a lot of us tend to assume that the shadow are these pieces of us that are undesirable, that are pieces of us that are not something that anyone could ever love about us. And so sometimes the shadow parts are like our anger, our frustration, our shame, and some of those things that we tend to feel are more sticky for us, what we tend to term as kind of negative emotions. And there's also parts of us that are in the shadow that are actually really positive that are good things about ourselves, but that have been ignored and rejected because they don't fit in with what I call the dominant narrative. They make you feel like you're outside of the accepted realm of being in society or in mainstream culture. So you put those qualities to the side because... Every human I've ever met wants to be accepted, wants to be loved, and wants to be liked by others. So the parts of us that our conscious mind doesn't feel like fits in with the perceived expectations uh, that we either have of ourselves or that others have of us, then gets sidelined, gets ignored, gets put into a corner. And it's not that those parts of us just disappear, they're still there, but they're just underneath the surface of our conscious reality. Despite being underneath the surface, the shadow parts of us actually control a lot of the ways that we show up in the world. So even though you've rejected or ignored some of these things that you consider bad about yourself or some of those things that you don't feel like fit in To the dominant narrative so that you can be loved and accepted, even though you're not accepting them, right? And integrating them into your life and they're underneath the surface, they are still creating the patterns and the ways that you are being or not being in your life. So when it comes to, you know, some of the emotions that are uncomfortable for you, Even though you're not allowing yourself to look at them or to confront them, those emotions are still very much directing how you are acting, behaving, and what you are or are not avoiding in your life. So if we're to use the analogy of the iceberg again, if you think about what's underneath the water, that is the foundation of what is on top. And your foundation matters. Your roots matter. Your roots, your foundation, determine how high you grow into the sky, how far you reach, how much you bloom. So I also like using the analogy of, you know, thinking about a tree and looking at its roots, right? Because that's where... The nutrients come in. That's what determines its growth, right? So, that is really to me the shadow realm. That's how I think about it. And if you're not looking at and nurturing your roots and understanding the roots of where you come from, you're not going to be able to grow as tall. You're not going to be able to bloom as brightly when the springtime comes. And so all of those are really good metaphors to kind of describe what I'm talking about when I talk about shadow work and why it's so important. One of the things that I sometimes see in the spiritual space, at least in the online environment, is that there are a lot of people who talk about how you don't really need to suffer, or feel pain in order to transform. And a lot of the dialogue tends to revolve around how you don't really need to do shadow work in order for you to see the kinds of shifts that you want to see in your life. And I strongly disagree with this, and I'm going to tell you why. There's this over-focus on love and light in the spiritual community as a way for you to step out of kind of what they call victim mode, or um, what they call kind of an overfocus on the problems in your life. And so it's, you know, telling you essentially that if you focus on the good things, that more good things will happen. And on principle, that is not false, right? If you just look at like, cognitive behavioral theory. It's saying like, you know, the more good things you think, the more you're going to start to kind of shift the way that you're thinking. So it's like with a gratitude practice. If you focus on gratitude, you're going to start to feel more gratitude. And on the cognitive realm, that is true. However, what that is not doing is it's not really changing the foundational pattern of how you've been being in your life for decades. And that foundation was created in your childhood. That foundation is definitely a reflection of generational trauma and generational um, history that has occurred. And it's also, you know, if you believe in past lives, that those are also coming into that foundation, right? And so if you're just addressing the surface, right, the conscious surface of something, so just, you know, willfully changing how you are thinking about something or, you know, shifting your mind into more positivity, it's kind of like, yes, that has a place. And yes, it can be an okay band-aid, but it's only a matter of time before you start to switch back to more embedded patterns within you. Our brains are programmed and wired a certain way based off of the experiences that we've had, based on the environment that we were raised in, based on a lot of things. And doing surface-level conscious work isn't actually going to help you to reprogram the foundation, right? It can help you in small chunks and moments, but it's not going to actually change the way that you are feeling, embodying yourself. And that's the kind of change that I'm interested in because that's the kind of change that has lasting impact on your life and what you're able to do in your life. So yes, We want to arrive at light and love, but we don't want to fake light and love in our life. And at the end of the day, doing some of those surface level cognitive pieces is just a type of temporary solution that doesn't really end up going deep enough. And this is why I have women coming to me as clients who say, like, I've done all of this, you know, mindset work, I've done all of this reading, and I've taken all of these courses. And, you know, it's helped me for a little while, it's helped shift certain things. But in the long term, it hasn't really helped me love myself fully. I haven't really been able to embody, you know, some of these things that I want to embody in my life, whether it's being feeling like you're enough, whether it's, um loving yourself fully right whether it's feeling whole or you know really feeling like you're in your power as a person whether you're living in your truth right i hear this time and again where women come to me and say i've done all of this self-development work and yet i still don't feel it so there's this disconnect between what the mind knows it should be thinking or it should be feeling And the fact that it's not truly landing in the body, that you are truly not 100% experiencing that love and enoughness within yourself, which then if you're not feeling it, it's also not reflecting in your external environment. It's energy, right? So if you're thinking something, but you're not embodying the energy of that thing that you're thinking the energy then is not being reflected externally to you and in how your life is unfolding. The light and love is also just a form of spiritual bypassing. Because at the end of the day, we can focus on the good things and that's not a bad thing to do. And the reality is is that we're all human beings and we all experience pain and suffering It's a part of the human condition. And if we don't know how to be with our pain and suffering, if every time pain and suffering comes up, we reject it in order to keep on focusing on the positives. We're not really allowing ourselves to accept who we are in every moment of our life. And true self-love, true enoughness, True power lies in our ability to sit with our uncomfortable parts. It lies with our ability to be vulnerable and to be okay in the mess of what comes up as a human being. So bypassing the painful parts of our experience is you telling a part of yourself that it's not enough. That it's not worthy enough to be seen and heard. And that is literally the opposite of what you want to be doing. Because if you're struggling with worthiness, if you're struggling with self-love, if you're struggling with how to embody your power and truth, it all comes back to how you are with yourself, how you treat yourself, and how you are with all parts of you. And if an uncomfortable emotion comes up and you're like, oh no, I can't feel that. I shouldn't feel that. That's not, you know, permissible. I don't want to see it i want to just push it away push it under the rug you're literally communicating to a part of yourself that you suck you're not worthy i don't want to see you i don't want to hear you and how many times have you felt like you've heard that from other people or experienced that from other people where you've felt rejected where you've felt not heard right and that kind of Lack of ability to sit with all parts of ourselves just reinforces the story that you're not enough. It just reinforces the story that you're not liked or loved for who you are. Because that part of you is going to show up no matter what. It's just about how you are sitting with it that matters. Which is why shadow work to me is so important for each and every human being, because if we don't know how to sit with these parts of ourselves, we are inadvertently rejecting parts of ourselves and therefore reinforcing the stories that, you know, we heard when we were a kid or the stories that we are interpreting from other people based on how they interact with us. So it's just further deepening the wound instead of allowing ourselves to fully be with the wound and to recognize what it is. You cannot love and light yourself into embodying your power and truth. It just does not work. It might feel good for a little bit. It's a short-term solution, but it's not your long-term fix. Part of our culture, at least I'll speak on behalf of, you know, Western American culture, is that there's this tendency to seek out quick fixes. And it just seems like we all just want things to be solved in the least possible amount of time. And part of that is, I think, this go, go, go culture that we have of like, There's only so much time and money and we need to get it done now. And the other part is that we have such high expectations of ourselves. We're continually pushing. And so that voice inside of our head is always saying, you need to get this done quicker. This is not good enough, right? And so we try to find quick fixes. We try to get people to solve our problems really quickly instead of learning that the solution is actually for us to You know, speak to that expectation voice, look at that expectation part of us to see where that's coming from and allow for us to deepen within our relationship within ourselves, allow us to find true intimacy within ourselves, which honestly just takes time. It's not something that happens in 90 days, it's something that you build because you're literally changing the foundation, you're altering the pattern. And it's actually something that you continue to do throughout the course of your life. When I work with the shadow, I always think of it as shedding layer by layer, right? So it is work that we continue on. There is no arrival. However, there is a chunk of work that you can do, a layer that you can shed that helps you feel embodied within yourself. But it's not a quick fix. It's not something that you can necessarily achieve in 90 days. It just kind of depends on where you are in the process and your personal development journey. So everyone is different, right? And we have this impatience and this need to just get to where we're going, all the while forgetting to just be in the now and enjoy what we have now and allow ourselves to deepen in the now. And that the experience of that is what matters, rather than feeling like you've arrived somewhere. And I think that's a continual problem for us as as humans in this particular society. The other piece of this that rises to the surface is that if we're not looking at the shadow within ourselves, how can we hold the shadow within others, right? We live in a world that is increasingly getting more and more horrible by the day, at least, you know, from my perspective and what I'm witnessing. There's a lot of horrible and painful things that happen in the world. And as people who are change makers, as people who want to help others, which if you're listening to this podcast, I assume that you're some type of healer, that you're, you know, some type of service provider or that you just want a better world for all of us. Your ability to truly create change in other people's lives and in the world is about you learning how to sit in the uncomfortable. Because when you aren't able to sit in that space with people, what you're doing is you're dismissing their legitimate pain and their experience. If we're essentially telling people, oh, wow, that really sucks, and you know, here's some love and light for you, but we're not creating a safe space for them to just be where they are. We're dismissing them and we're not validating their humanity, right? I mean, have you ever had a situation where someone has completely invalidated your emotions and tried to give you a solution and just thrown something on you, right? To me, that's the same thing. And we have to create safe spaces for one another. We have to be willing to witness someone in their pain and recognize that that pain is real. And I see this happening when we're talking about issues such as racism, sexism, or any one of the isms, that people who have more privilege tend to dismiss those who have less privilege Because they're either calling them a victim or, you know, saying that we need to just focus on the good things so we can come together in more unity. When in actuality, that kind of approach actually divides us more. Because you are rejecting their very real experience of systemic oppression. And it's not their inability to focus on the good things. It's the fact that they live their life in that every single day. And as a person who doesn't carry that identity, who doesn't look that way to the world, there's no way for you to know what that feels like for someone. And so instead of listening and hearing and validating and accepting and learning to sit with the uncomfortable parts that arise as privilege gets brought up, right? Because this is huge. For white people specifically, is that we have a shit ton of privilege. And when someone calls us out on that privilege, that brings up a shadow aspect for us that is uncomfortable to sit with. And you have to be able to sit with your shadow part in that space and also be able to sit with another person's shadow part that's a result of systematic oppression that they experience every day, right? And this is one of the biggest things that I see dividing people is that they're not willing to recognize their own privilege and that they're not willing to hold space and witness and see people who experience systemic oppression every day. Recognizing and seeing our privilege is the way for us to change the world, is the way for us to make a better world. Because we all have an oppressor within us. We've just grown up in a certain system, in the patriarchal white supremacist system. And the more that we can understand that and unpack that within ourselves, which are all shadow parts, by the way, the more that we can collectively move towards a better world the more that we can combat those systems of oppression instead of getting dismissive and instead of getting defensive in that space. So this is another reason why I think shadow work is so important um, because it's teaching us how to be with the discomfort and walk with it instead of reject it. The other piece that I want to touch on is this part around do I need to feel pain and suffering in order to transform? And I really want to take a moment to distinguish the difference between pain and suffering, because oftentimes we equate it as the same thing, and it's not. So suffering results from a prolonged exposure to pain over and over again. So it's, it's a prolonged state of pain, whereas pain in and of itself is a moment in time that we experience something that feels really uncomfortable, but it's not something that needs to continue and turn into suffering. And so what I want to really highlight here is that I do think that pain is how you transform because. Pain highlights parts of us that need to be witnessed and healed, and when we heal those parts, then we're able to actually shift and transform into a different level of embodiment. Suffering is not needed for transformation. Suffering happens when we reject our pain, when we stuff pain under the rug for so long that it just becomes part of how we are being with ourselves. And so we suffer in that space. We suffer because we never feel like we're good enough. We suffer because we never quite feel loved enough, right? We suffer because we think we're never going to be successful. And those are just ways that we are being or thinking about ourselves that have been replaying in your life for decades, right? And so that is suffering to me. Pain is just a normal part of life. And if we can hold the pain, we don't actually have to enter into suffering. And so that to me is the role of shadow work. That it helps you access the places that you have had suffering in the past but then it helps to transform them so you don't have to remain in suffering, but rather allows you to accept the pain and to walk with the pain because that is a part of life. Falling in love with yourself means falling in love with all parts of you, including your pain. And you don't have to like the pain but you do have to understand its role and be willing to ask it deep and important questions about what it's trying to reveal to you. Your pain is a deeper entryway into belonging within yourself. That is the gateway. Because if you don't access your pain, if you don't go into your unconscious, you won't be able to create pattern shifts, long-term pattern changes. You won't be able to reprogram how you are being. And at the crux of the obstacles that you are facing in your life and business is a pattern that is waiting to be addressed, looked at, witnessed, and then shifted and rooted out so that healthier roots, so that deeper roots can grow. Shadow work teaches you a blueprint of how to continually shed layers that you are going to need to shed in order to rise into a different level of your leadership, in order to manifest what it is that you are wanting to attract into your life. What lies between you and what you want to achieve in your life? What you want your life to look like what you want your business to be like are the obstacles within you and so in a way i am talking about mindset but really what i'm talking about is something so much deeper than mindset mindset when people reference it in that way to me just means we're looking at how we're thinking about something shadow work goes much deeper it goes into looking at how you are being and it has the power to help you shift that pattern and that way of being so then you are matching the energy of what you want to attract there are so many different ways to do shadow work and every practitioner who really works with the shadow approaches it from a different lens and works with it differently And because the shadow is really a representation of the unconscious mind, there are also multiple ways to work with the unconscious mind and reprogram beliefs and ways of being. I really do a combination of very intentional and conscious shadow work that helps you to access the unconscious space within you. And I also provide deep meditation practices that helps to instill and reprogram what you are thinking and how you are being, which reinforces the messages and lessons that you've received from the shadow work that you've done individually. So I make it a point to do both work that consciously puts you in the pain so you can really allow yourself to sit with some of that discomfort and and to also witness and have the process of you as healer. My role within that space is to guide. It isn't to provide the answers. I'm merely helping you unravel and unfold what's already within you So that you can witness yourself stepping into your power and being able to hold that space for you. And that is a huge piece of why shadow work is so effective. Because when you learn to hold yourself in those really difficult and uncomfortable spaces, you learn you have the capacity and the power to do most anything. And if you have the capacity and power to hold yourself, then you start to allow other people to love those parts of you. And you start to believe that those parts of you actually are lovable and are acceptable and are worth loving. And that is a huge part of that work. And that is a part of the work that needs to be conscious for you in order for you to truly embody it and feel it in your life. Because Most of us, all of us, very much live within the conscious realm. That's what we recognize in real time. The other part that I add on, which is the unconscious additional reprogramming piece that feels a lot more peaceful and feels a lot more on the side of the light versus the shadow spectrum is that it's solidifying some of the messages that you've received from shadow parts of yourself. And then it's helping you to transition into the light. It's not keeping you stuck in the shadow of it all. So I think both components are really important and both components work together and both are different ways of working with the unconscious space that for me need to be merged in order for the transformation to truly embody itself within someone. So I want to talk about, in real time, what does this work actually look like? And I'm going to speak to how I do the work. So by no means does this mean that every person who works with shadow does it this way. This is my approach and my perspective on shadow work. When I work with a shadow, I'm essentially starting with your conscious realm and with what is available to you. And then I'm gradually deepening you in your journey until we get right down to the core of who you are. And so the way that I understand shadow work is within this context, we're all born as the pure essence of who we are, right? We get put into, our soul gets put into a body and At the moment of birth, we are our pure essence, but then as we grow up, depending what environment we grow up in, depending what family we grow up with, depending on what experiences we have, depending on the skin that we walk in and how we present in the world, there are these layers of stories of social programming, cultural programming, family programming, individual expectations, all these stories that get layered on top of that pure essence of who you are. And our work in our life, our own personal development work is to work our way through those layers so we can reach and embody the pure essence which is something that we spend all of our lives doing, right? Because the pure essence is really, you know, oftentimes in the spiritual world, it's called enlightenment, right? And so it's not necessarily the expectation that we will ever truly get there, but it's more of being in the journey of unveiling what's within us, what's truly within us and learning how to, allow that pure essence that highest self to walk with our human self and to find a space of integration where both of those parts of us can coexist so it's not about being perfectly in your highest self because as a human that is impossible but it's about being able to integrate And hold both of those spaces and give voice to that part of yourself while you're walking in a human body. So that to me is the point of shadow work. And so the way that I approach it is what I'm doing is I'm looking at all of these different pieces of you, all of these different parts of you that are represented sometimes through your emotions or through your beliefs. And I'm helping you to shift the energy of the relationship that you have with those parts of you. So I'm going to give you just an example of how I see this playing out. Most people are in a perpetual struggle with their ego, meaning they're fighting their ego. I think in the spiritual world, people talk about it as ego death on a practical everyday basis for instance when your inner critic comes into your awareness there is a sense of fight that comes up within you because people just want to run away from the mean things that we tell ourselves right it's normal because we don't want to hear bad things echoing in our mind and so what tends to happen naturally as we develop this fight this energy of fight within us Of battling the inner critic and battling all of these parts of ourselves, all of these voices that emerge in our head that are different reflections of our ego self. And these voices then become the thing that we run away from. And these voices then become the shadow pieces that really are the gateway to our transformation, but that feel hard for us to access because We're so busy running away from them because it's painful, right? And so the whole point of doing shadow work within the space is to shift the energy of that relationship, to allow that relationship to become more accessible to you and not as painful. And the way that you can start to actually shift from that dynamic of having a power play between you and the ego, a push and pull is that what i help you access within shadow work is finding compassion for those parts of you and really having true understanding of why those parts are there the unconscious and different parts of our ego are essentially there to protect us what they're protecting you from might not make a lot of logical sense because in most instances for most people those ego parts are actually keeping them from you know being successful in their business or they're keeping them from loving themselves fully but one of the things that you realize through shadow work is that those parts of you that are now an obstacle in your adult life came into being much earlier in your life when you did actually need them to protect you so for instance For some people when they were kids, maybe they had parents who had high expectations of them and who really demanded, you know, straight A's or perfection in in their work, in their academic work. And so the inner critic developed in that space to help you to keep achieving so that you wouldn't feel a sense of disappointment from your parents or a sense of rejection. Because most kids want their parents to be proud of them, right? Most kids want to feel like their parents are happy with them, right? And so these different parts of us develop so that, you know, we can fit in, that we can achieve what we think is expected of us to achieve. But those systems actually never get updated as you grow up. And so you keep some of those voices that at one point served a very real function of keeping you in a space where you felt loved and appreciated and accepted. And they don't realize that they have outserved their purpose or that perhaps you don't need them at the same level anymore. And don't get me wrong, there are a lot of pieces of the ego, of the inner critic, that can be helpful when it's in moderation and when the voice is more kind, right? Because some of these things help keep us accountable, right? And that's where the function of the ego is still important. However, there is the space that when you do shadow work, you're helping to update your system, your ego voices, helping to walk with those parts of yourself so that they're no longer an obstacle for you. So that you no longer have a power struggle in your mind so that your mind and your being has more space to reach into who you truly are and express that confidently, powerfully and embodied within your core truths. So each layer that we confront in shadow work that we sit with in shadow work is another layer that you can unpeel that you can strip away from yourself, which gets you closer and closer to that pure essence of who you are. The other piece that shadow work allows for is for integration. I consider integration one of the most important pieces after transformation. It's important to transform, but then it's even more important to be able to integrate how you've transformed into your everyday life, which is why, you know, you can do really amazing unconscious reprogramming and it can help you with a layer. But if you don't have the context and the blueprint and the ability to sit with some of those painful parts and be able to develop a different relationship with the ego pieces that arise in the space, then you're not doing the act of learning how to integrate that transformation in your life. Because one thing is certain, shadow parts will always come up. It's part of that spiral, right? And you knowing how to sit with those parts and integrate them and work through them in your day-to-day is what's going to help you to continue evolving. It's what's going to help you to continue stripping the layers away one by one. So you can do shadow work, you know, multiple times and each time get something different from it. Each time strip away another layer because you're getting to the core. The reason that I talk a lot about how shadow work helps you to access your power and your truth is because every time you unravel a layer of conditioning you are getting to the core of who you are in your purest form and that is what it means for you to embody your truth what it means for you to stand in your truth and on the other side apart from it reaching to the level where you, you feel that truth inside of you. You're also learning how to just be okay with who you are, how to accept every part of who you are. And that is what helps you stand in your power because you don't have the same fear of judgment. You don't have the same fear of being rejected, right? You feel those things if that happens, but it doesn't determine you. It doesn't censor you. It doesn't prevent you from speaking out and just being who you are. And that is the embodiment of your power, right? That you're here to say something. You're here to be all of you so that you can create the ripples or the waves that you want to create in this world. I talk a lot about shadow work on my social media channels on Instagram in particular and you know one of the common questions I get or reflections that I receive is that shadow work is very scary and there's a lot of fear associated with doing that kind of work and so I want to address this piece because it often, I think, sometimes prevents people from doing the work and seeking this kind of work out. And I think there's a lot to unpack within this space. Um, is shadow work painful? Yes. You're looking at parts of yourself that you avoided or that you've ignored for quite some time. and There's a reason for that, right? They're hard to look at. So there's pain involved in that process. Does it cause you suffering? No. Not if you do shadow work in the right way, meaning you're not getting stuck in the shadow. And that's where it's important to have a guide who isn't keeping you stuck in shadow, who's helping you move through it and teaching you how to do that within yourself. The other part here that I think it's important to speak to is that when we have fear of something, usually the thing we fear becomes such a big thing in our mind. Like it becomes a mountain in our mind and it becomes a monster in our mind. And I actually talk about this a lot as it relates to shadow work with fear specifically, is that when we're not facing our fear and looking at it in the face it becomes a lot bigger than it really is in reality. So, you know, when we talk about fear as it relates to shadow work, there is a piece there that's playing out where you've avoided something for so long, fed into the fear of facing it for so long that it becomes a monster. Versus when you actually turn around and look at it, when you have the experience of actually looking at it, it's not as big as you think it is. It's not as big as your mind is telling you it is. So there's a piece here where the ego is definitely coming in to the picture and telling you a story about what it means to do shadow work or what that actually feels like. The other part that I think is important to factor into the fear component here is that you learned to avoid and reject this part of yourself Usually, when you were a little kid, a lot of this stuff goes back to um, early childhood experiences. And when you were a kid, it is fair to say that as a child, you don't have the same capacity to hold space for your emotions and your experiences in the same way that you do as an adult. Like I was saying earlier, these patterns are things that are stuck from back when you were a child or teenager. And while, you know, those parts of you developed at that time in order to protect you and rightly so you haven't really updated your programming system, so to speak. So the adult you has never really had the opportunity to look back on those parts of herself and really see that she is able to sit with those parts, that she has the capacity to hold that space. And I truly believe that to be true for every single adult that I work with. You've made it this far. You've survived this far. And it's a matter of learning how to start to shift the story that you have about yourself and your ability to hold some of these things. So the fear that you might be feeling as it relates to shadow work is actually something that goes back to the time that you were a kid. And you will be surprised at how different that experience is going to feel for you now. It's going to be painful because you're going to be looking back at some things that you've stuffed away for a while. But you're going to be able to show up with a lot of power in that space. And you're going to be able to hold that inner child, that smaller, younger version of yourself and allow her to heal so that the adult you can can be the person that your inner child needed at that time. And then the adult you all of a sudden doesn't identify with the inner child. It recognizes that it's just a part of you, but that it is not you. And that is super important. In any given moment, when our shadow parts come up, we inherently identify with that part as being all of us. And that is a lot. That is the space where a lot of people get tripped up And that is the space where people start to feel overwhelmed because they get so attached to that lens being who they are, when in actuality, it's just a part of you. And it's a part that needs to be seen and heard, but it is not all of you. I also want to say that context really matters when it comes to shadow work. So a lot of different things can be shadow work and you know i'm talking about trauma processing can be shadow work um therapy is shadow work right because you're digging into the uncomfortable spaces within you but the context within which you do it and where you are in your healing journey is important in terms of who you choose as your guide and so i want to make this really clear because there is a very slippery slope that happens in the coaching world, and where that enters into therapy, right? And so, in the context that I do shadow work, is within women's leadership coaching. So, I'm really identifying the obstacles, the ways that women are being in their life that is preventing them from embodying their next level of leadership. I'm identifying the layers that stand between them and their truth and embodying their power. I'm integrating the body into the process, but at no point am I processing something traumatic that's happened to them. I'm creating the space where I guide them into a different relationship with different parts of themselves and help them to pull on their own inner resources to untangle the storyline that they find themselves in. And you would be amazed at what comes out in that space and how much people are able to truly shift the story just by understanding why they have it and being able to give compassion and empathy to those parts. It's about more of just unveiling what they already have within them. And that is what starts to shift how they understand themselves by giving an experience with themselves that lands them into their truth and into their power in that moment. I'm speaking to this because I do think it's important for you to pick the right kind of shadow work for where you are in the healing journey. And also pick the right practitioner because if someone is unable to provide what a therapist would provide, it's out of their scope of practice, right? And so knowing that whoever you're doing shadow work with, knows when to draw the line and refer out, or is the right kind of practitioner for where you are in your shadow work process. So that's something that I always pick apart and I tune into. And if it does show up um, in in the space for whatever reason, I can always create a boundary with it. And if more work needs to be done with a particular traumatic event, that's when I would tell them to go to a therapist, right? And so, you know, there's such a wide variety of different kinds of shadow work you can engage in, and it's really just a term that references the parts of us that we've rejected or ignored or cast away for whatever reason because they're uncomfortable, And, you know, within the context of coaching and how this helps in leadership and in your business, it's also interconnected because how you show up in your business is how you show up with yourself. How you show up in your leadership and your capacity to hold space for others is also how you show up with yourself. Because if you cannot hold uncomfortable spaces within yourself, how will you hold that for others? If you can't be vulnerable within yourself, how will you be vulnerable with others? How will you lead by example, right? And I strongly believe that true, effective leadership requires a level of vulnerability, that you have to show yourself to people fully in order for them to want to follow your message, in order for them to really, truly see who you are. And that is the power of leadership and leadership becomes toxic when we don't. Leadership becomes the toxic side of shadow when we don't reveal ourselves because we are leading others on the basis of pure power instead of being embodied as who we are. And that's the danger. And that's the kind of leadership that I think we are seeing, unfortunately, unfolding um, in the United States and in many other countries in the world. So this piece, being able to sit with shadow is such a crucial component of being able to lead effectively. And being someone who feels, who truly feels, not just knows, but feels in their body that they are powerful, that they're capable, that they're limitless, is a leader that can create the kind of change that we truly need. And So often, women are not taught how to be leaders. They're not supported to be leaders. And we need more people, good people, who want to really create change from the heart, who are not hungry for power, but who are hungry for connection, to start to rise up and claim their truth and step into their power, right? And that's what the world is yearning for. So that is the movement that I want to inspire in others. That is what I want women to feel within themselves. And the way that I see it happening is honestly through shadow work and deeper unconscious shifting of patterns and stories that keep us from doing the things that we truly desire to do, that keep us from being the people that we know we are. We can't help our conditioning and programming. It's just something as human beings that we pick up along the way. But we can choose to be differently within ourselves, within others, and within our life. And that choice means dipping into the shadow parts. And so, you know, shadow work does provide, you know, the space to repattern and shift and feel differently about yourself. But it also really does provide you deep intimacy, depth within you. And you get to know yourself at such a profound level that you just keep falling in love with who you are. And that is probably the most powerful revolution that we can have in the world is people deeply falling in love with themselves. I think that's all I had for you today on Shadow Work. I feel like I could talk about this for hours and days (laughs) because it's truly something that I have a lot of passion for that I truly love guiding women into Um, and you know I could just talk and talk so but I think I'm gonna end it there because I feel like I've completed something I've said what I wanted to say about it and if you have questions please feel free to reach out to me you can access the contact information through my website Um, or email me at Anna at anakinkella.com. And I so appreciate you being here and tuning in. If you found value from this episode or the podcast in general, I would love for you to leave us a written review so that other people know that we are awesome and that they should listen to us as well. And please pass on the episode to... Any friends and family who would find a benefit. So, thank you again, and I hope you all have a beautiful week ahead, and I will see you next time.